He's uploading the virus. Eagle One, the package is being delivered. Hello out there on the internet, I am Matthew Galt, and this is Cyber. AI art has gotten wildly popular over the past year. Programs like Midjourney and Dali are generating incredible images and incredible controversy. But these programs don't exist in a vacuum. AI requires billions of images to learn how and what to draw. But where are they getting those pictures from? Either hoovering them up off the internet, of course, a place full of child porn, ISIS execution videos, and non-consensual adult images. With AI, it's all about garbage in, garbage out. So who controls this data, and is there anything we can do about some of the grosser things on the internet getting into those data sets? With me to talk about this is motherboard writer Chloe Zhang. Chloe, thank you so much for coming on to Cyber and walking us through this. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So this is the subject of something that, that you just wrote on the site where you and a couple of the other writers looked into one of these huge data sets. To be clear, it's not one that's used for Midjourney mid, mid or Dali. Um, it's, you know, a different one. Uh, but kind of let's start with this website that I had never heard of until y'all wrote about it. Uh, Have I Been Trained? What What is this site? Yeah, so Have I Been Trained is a website that was created by the artist and musician named Holly Herndon. And she created this website to help other artists see if their art or work was being used um, in this data set that is used to train AI. And if so, potentially be able to remove them um, because of copyright issues and also just having their work non-consensually being used to produce AI is something that, you know, would concern a lot of artists. Um, So the site allows you to search through over five billion images um, that have been used to train AI, such as Stable Diffusion and Google's Imogen. And kind of what is the end goal for these? Like, what what is Google Imogen going to be doing? What is Stable Diffusion going to be doing? Is it going to be something like Midjourney or Dolly that is kind of generating these fun pictures or is going to be used for something else? Or do we even know yet? So Google's Imogen is not yet available to the public, but I believe it is also a similar kind of system where it's like text to image generation and then Stable Diffusion is already public and you can type, you know, any phrase into this into the prompt and it'll produce um, a fun image for you. Now, when I heard about this, the first thing I did was because uh, you can go to this website, this have I been trained? Yeah. Um, the first thing I did was look for pictures of myself. Uh, there were not any it was weirdly like a bunch of pictures of like metal, uh, metal musicians, weirdly. Did you look for yourself? Yeah, that is also the first thing I did is search for myself. Um, I also did not find any pictures of myself, but I did find, um, all of the Google, sorry, all of the search results, um, on the site were Asian women and pictures of Asian women, which indicates to me that, you know, although photos of me might not exist within this data set, there is this kind of um, alt text kind of compatibility between my name and the names of the images that exist of these Asian women. Right. And that kind of gets to the heart of why some of this is so troubling, right? Because the the data sets are making assumptions right out the gate, right? Can you talk exactly. about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so basically how this data set works is that it is not only images, but it takes um, the alt text of images on websites and pairs them with images and 
um, basically puts them through the system that sees how kind of how accurate are these texts with the um, image pairings. Um, and then if they are a certain amount of um, kind of compatibility, they'll include them in the data set because to them, this is, you know, an accurate representation of what the image is and what it's supposed to be as described by the alt text. Um, and this could be potentially dangerous because they're just taking these images from um, scraping the internet for these images. They're not really parsing through to see like, does this alt text actually represent the image that we're including? Um, and one professor that we found on Twitter actually found his image in the data set um, through ha Have I Been Trained? And when he used stable diffusion and searched, um, put his own webpage bio into the uh, prompt, he got a bunch of pictures of white male professors, which means that, you know, there's this kind of embedded um, racial and gender aspect that is already included in these algorithms. Yeah, we kind of, the thing that we think about, thing that we write about when we talk about AI a lot on the site is the idea that we are like codifying all of these societal biases that 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 we have this chance to kind of free ourselves from or work against and push against are being because of the way the AIs are being trained it's being codified instead right especially as companies this is one of those big uh, growth places where companies are going to be really moving forward very quickly with these programs and trying to figure out how to use best use it uh, and and the data sets that they're using are are stuff that has all this racial bias in it already is, is among a bunch of other stuff that we're about to talk about. Um, can we talk about some of the other gross stuff that is in some of these data sets? Like ISIS, how do ISIS executions and child porn end up here? Yeah. Um, so while me and a few editors were searching through the data set, we found not only ISIS execution photos, but also, um, leaked nudes from celebrities that were leaked during the 2014 incident called the Fappening, um, as well as even photoshopped celebrity nudes. Um, and it wasn't even that difficult to search it up. You could just search up celebrity name nude and all these images would populate. Yeah, it was, I was a little shocked by that when I kind of started looking around there. Um, Cause like I do, I do do a lot of stuff with international relations and, if you're looking for in like conflict journalism, and if you're looking for specific gruesome videos uh, that you have to look at for X, Y, or Z story, you kind of have to know where to go. And even then it can be a little hard to like dig down and, and like, you know, pull it up <laughs> using this website to just look through what images this AI is hoovered up. It's like instant. You can yeah. get, it's like a better search engine than Google image search. I was in, I was kind of shocked uh, at how like quickly and accurately it would get exactly like, like specific name um, date. I would get the execution video mm -hmm. uh, or it, and uh, the same thing with the celebrity nudes stuff that I know that, that people have worked very hard to get scrubbed offline as much as possible and are now kind of like squirreled away in like weird FTPs and, um, you know, more closely knit communities is now just, again, just widely publicly available. Yeah. I mean, essentially what the data set is that they scraped over 5 billion web pages across the internet, um, possibly going even deeper than Google images, and then collected all of these images and then put them in their data set. 
So it basically is this giant conglomeration of the deepest parts of the internet. Do we know a little bit more about uh, how technically this works? You said it goes deeper than even Google Image Search did. Yeah, so um, this data set, which is called Lion 5B, um, basically extracted images from over 5 billion web pages through this um, open source uh, system called Common Crawl. Um, and then that's kind of how they got all of their images. So do, obviously you reached out to the people involved uh, when you guys started discovering this kind of stuff. Um, did Google say anything when you reached out? Yeah, so Google um, said that they were aware of kind of this not safe for work and also very explicit content, um, including violent imagery. And they said that they were working on creating filters and that they're um, always using kind of, uh, they're filtering these images out of their system when they program it. Uh, but they didn't say exactly if they would delete these images or do anything super proactively about them. Um but this is also the reason why Imogen is not available to the public, unlike some of the other text-to-image generators, because I think they are aware of the implicit biases and the dangers of kind of using a system like this. Right. They're kind of still working behind the scenes to 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 shape something here before anything gets released to the public. Right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, what about some of the other people? Did uh, the Stable Diffusion people ever talk to you? Yeah, the stable diffusion people talked to us as well, and they kind of had a similar answer where they were saying, you know, you can use filters, you can filter out the content, but they didn't say that, you know, they would delete any content that they found to be inappropriate. Um, And actually, at the bottom of the stable diffusion generator, there is um, kind of this disclaimer that says, uh, like, violent or explicit images might come up while using this generator. What about the child porn? What is, are they taking, making, are they trying to remove it? Do we know definitely that it's in there? It's people, it looks like it's mostly people on the discord asking about the child porn. So a user asked, is it possible the child porn is still in the data set? It's possible. Person who works on the project responded. As for now, nobody reported any such samples. And I saw none while trying to find unsafe samples. Okay. Oh, also, um, since we published this piece, mm-hmm. the Discord has been completely scrubbed of this conversation. And also, um, the person who works on the project made an announcement that was saying, we do not accept to be quoted by journalists. This Discord isn't for that. And I, it was definitely in reference to this conversation we included. Oh, that's super fascinating. So they know there's a problem and then they scrubbed the discord after yeah. y'all published this piece of yeah. it. Yeah. That's really fascinating. And they did talk to you on the record before that, right? I assume yeah, you asked did. them about child porn. So we did ask them and they would just provide us with the same answers. Like um, there are issues with the program we know, but we haven't found anything explicit and you can flag anything to us if you want us to try to remove it or consider it being removed. That's, that's, that's really fascinating. I always enjoy when people learn that, uh, because like discord is like, discord's interesting because it's like a semi public, semi private space, but kind of mm-hmm. anyone can walk into these rooms. You have a large amount of control over who can walk into these rooms. I think a lot of people don't realize that and don't realize that like you're having a conversation in public. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone like that's, 
we're going to talk about it if you're talking about it in there. Exactly. And the Lion um, data set is public. It's open source and you can simply like search through it. So I don't know why, like it's not something under wraps, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. So some, there's a part of this that I have, it's like my old, like elder millennial brain, I think re- kind of box against some of this stuff. Like child porn, obviously bad. Uh, non-consensual porn, obviously bad, but like ISIS execution stuff, like why, why do we think we need to make this effort to make sure and like the racial bias stuff? Also, I get that. Uh, the violence though, I think like that is part of life. There are a lot of images of violence out there on the internet. Why do we necessarily want to keep that out of, uh, out of these AIs? I feel like the issue is in the fact that these image, these text image generators are all images taken out of context. So let's say you enter something about, I don't know, if you use a keyword like murder or something, and then this comes up, I I think there's so much about an ISIS execution that is taken away when it's just used as part of this new image that could potentially be funny or a meme. And it's not you know, there's no story, there's no history, there's no what exactly is happening here. It's just combined into another um, hybrid image. That's a really good answer. Actually, that's, I hadn't thought about it that way, but that is a good answer because you're right. Like it, when you completely decontextualize the violence, like, like you say, the, in the ISIS execution videos, <clears throat> you, you know, generally who is in them, why they're being killed, why this is happening when that violence is kind of decontextualized and put into this weird swirl uh, and just used as another bit in one of these meme images, that's a good, that's a good point. That's a really good answer. All right. We're going to pause there for a break. We will be right back after these words from our sponsor. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey there, cyber listeners. Matthew here. We are back from our break. We are talking about uh, the the large data sets that power these AI-driven images and some of the horrible stuff that ends up in them. Um, so we were kind of talking about the decontextualized violence from the ISIS images right before we left. And I was curious, like, not just the violence, but obviously the non-consensual porn, the child porn, the all these images that get hoovered up and put in there. Are these companies doing anything to address any of this? keep it out of the data set, what's going on? So the companies that we contacted all acknowledged that there were non-safe for work images and violent images in their data sets, but they kind of just pointed fingers at each other for who should take responsibility. So Stable Diffusion, for example, said, you know, talk to Leon, they're the ones creating this data set and sending, basically, they have the power over the images. And then Leon 
um, basically said, we don't have power over the images. We just scrape them from the internet and whatever is already existing. So talk to the hosts of these pages. So it kind of trickles down and becomes kind of this broad, you know, I'm not responsible. This is already on the internet kind of energy coming from all of these companies. So everyone's trying to pass the buck and and eventually what's going to happen, I think is um, people will just start blaming the AI, right? I think long-term that's what we're going to see here is that even though these things, these AIs, the parameters are set by people, right? People tell it what to go out and do. It does a lot on its own, obviously, as we've seen. Um, But I think we're going to end up in a world where we blame systems as we already do. We blame systems and don't look at the people behind those systems and the people behind those systems don't take any responsibility. Good. That'll be uh, a fun future for us. Um, All right. Let's, let's talk about something. Let's, let's end the show on something that's a little bit more funny, uh, but also similarly horrifying. Um, you wrote about a dildo controversy related to an Amazon delivery driver. What is what's going on? Yeah. So an Amazon delivery driver named um, Ryan was basically delivering his packages when he found a dildo box amongst them. And this dildo box was not wrapped with the typical Amazon branding that you see when you get an Amazon package and the sticker, the label, the shipping label was um, pasted right on top. So you could see, you know, this shirtless model in it, you can see the dildo on the box. And then he posted this image to um, a subreddit and captioned it. Amazon did this person really dirty. Yeah. I have to imagine that this all begins in the Amazon warehouse, someone that's maybe not having a great day and they just, Instead of putting something in a box, they just slap that shipping label right on the dildo so everyone's going to see what's being shipped to you, right? Like, it feels like a little... I mean, the the person that's going to get hurt here is the the person with the dildo sitting on their doorstep for all their neighbors to see, but it really feels like it's a little tiny act of resistance from in the warehouse. But the story isn't in there. Um, what happens to this delivery driver? So, Ryan, he got fired from being a delivery driver nine days later. And he posted an update to the same Reddit group. And it was a screenshot between him and his boss where his boss said, you have been fired because of a social media post that you made on Reddit. And in that original post, he had his finger over the customer information. You couldn't see, you know, any details about him or the customer. Um, And you also don't know his name because on Reddit, people use usernames that don't really reflect your real name. Um, but somehow he was still able to get fired pretty soon after that. Yeah, that's the that's one of the parts that messes with me here is that they spent a, a decent amount of time like tracking this person down, right? And, like I, I imagine that somebody at Amazon had to go through and look, uh, look at some metadata, metadata somewhere and like figure out how many of these Doc Johnson ten inch cocks had been shipped and like pinpoint the exact delivery driver. Uh, tell me about a little bit more about this subreddit where this happened is it's kind of a, a place where people go to blow off steam, right? Yeah. So the subreddit where this happened is dedicated to Amazon delivery drivers. And most of the posts are dedicated to talking about, you know, unsafe working conditions, 
over the summer, many of them did not have AC. Also having immense amounts of packages, unreasonable amounts to deliver in a day. Um, things like that are kind of shared on this in this uh, group. Right. This is this is a job that uh, is really it's shitty. It's a shitty job being an Amazon delivery driver. You're working on quotas. Uh, people have to use the bathroom in bags often, both number one and number two. Um, and this is a place where this Reddit is one of the places that the drivers can go to blow off steam, to talk about their work day uh, in a way that they thought they were safe and not being judged. Uh, turns out the bosses are watching even there and you can't even escape them on Reddit in your off time. Right. Exactly. And I think people are aware of that to some degree, but they, I don't think they expected it. It would be, you know, this immediate and also this kind of specific and, because the top comment for the post, um, the original post with the dildo was, you should better delete this before, you know, Amazon people find this and you get fired. And I don't think um, after speaking to Ryan, he said he never expected that because, you know, this is such a specific case and such a small incident, whereas, you know, the millions of other posts about unsafe working conditions and everything like that are never addressed. But this suddenly, you know, action is being taken here can have you ever had a job like this like not amazon delivery driver but have you ever had like a shitty retail job where you had to worry about what you were posting on social media about it um you're lucky then (laughs) (laughs) uh so the the last retail job i have was a place called half price books Mm -hmm. uh which is basically like this knocked off the strand uh in new york city it's very similar to that um and I, they had just, when I left, they had just started to figure out that employees were upset and posting online. Oh. Um, and I remember like one of the last big meetings I had before I got to quit, they'd pulled everyone in um, and were like, had pulled up people's Facebook posts and were going through them about how you can't talk about the company this way on online and like making us look bad and you're hurt, you're diminishing the brand. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's not, it's not just Amazon. This stuff is happening all over the country. Like you think again, kind of like we were talking about with discord, you you have these semi public private places where you think you're blowing off steam with your friends, but the companies that you work for, they're watching you and yeah. they get mad about what you post. Uh, and it's not a great situation. I think um, what Amazon has over all the other companies is kind of their technology and their ability to kind of find out exactly who you are. I think what happened here was that they scanned one of the QR barcodes on the package, which wasn't covered by his fingers, and were able to discover his name and who he was employed by because um, Amazon delivery drivers are sourced from um, third-party staffers and companies, so he doesn't actually work directly for Amazon. So they were able to find out the company that staffed him and then contact his managers. Um, And when I got in contact with Amazon, um, the representative actually provided me with his full name, which I had not known. Holy shit. And I think this is so ironic. And so does he after speaking to him, because the fact that he was fired for breaching customer information, well, his information was literally breached to me by Amazon. That's, that's even, that's screwed up too. All right. So what did he say when you talked to him? How did he feel about all of this? Yeah. I mean, I think he was, surprised um he said that throughout the entire 
few months that he's been working as an Amazon driver, he was never trained properly. Um, all of his conditions were very poor. So he, honestly, I think he was almost grateful that he doesn't have to work um, here anymore. And yeah, he was saying nobody ever told him anything about social media policies. No, nothing like that. So honestly, he wasn't really even sure the policy, if he was allowed to post or what exactly was allowed and not. I think um, in life, if you're ever unsure if you should post or not, don't never post. Do, <laughs> do not post. Yeah. It never goes well. Um, all right. So another thing that you've been covering, uh, and this is a special request from the audience. The last time we did a live chat, everyone wanted to know what was going on with the chess controversy. So this is something that you've been following very closely. I think the last time we talked about it on the show, it had just happened. So we had the thing where um, Hans Niemann, uh, like it had just begun. I, you know, I don't think we'd even talked about anal beads or any of that kind of wild stuff. Mm-hmm. So what? So we've had a couple different. Actually, I guess first of all, can you for the people that don't know have any idea what I'm talking about? Can you give me the the broad strokes of this controversy that is rocking the chess world and doesn't seem to be going away. Yeah. So there was this big chess championship um, that was happening in St. Louis and a, or I think a 30, he was 30 years old, a longstanding chess champion went up against this kind of underdog 19 year old person named Hans Newman and Hans beat Magnus, the other guy. And um, I think this was very upsetting to him because he immediately withdrew from the championship. And then he tweeted a video um, basically implicating Hans for cheating and saying, you know, I'm I'm dropping out of the championship and I'm not going to say anything else because if I did, it would be bad. Basically saying, you know, he didn't win fairly. Um, and this kind of made the chess community erupt. A lot of people were supporting Magnus saying, you know, I bet Hans did cheat. And then there was this theory that he had anal beads that would vibrate, telling him which moves to make. Um, so that was pretty crazy. And Tesla's founder, Elon Musk, was supportive of this theory as well. So, all right. So what has happened? There's more more things have happened since then. Yeah. It just doesn't seem to end. Someone has offered him a million dollars to play in the nude. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, so I think a porn site uh, offered Hans a million dollars to play chess nude on their website. Just to prove that there's nothing going on, that he can in fact play chess, right? That he doesn't have anal beads. Right. And then there was a rematch on chess. He was banned from chess.com, but, or Hans was, but then they had, they had like a rematch recently that was a digital chess. And then what happened here? I believe Hans won that rematch. Um, yeah, because Magnus rage quit. Like one, yeah, yeah exactly. like one move in, Magnus quit and turned off his camera, and it was really bizarre. Uh, like watching the video because they are um, everything looks normal, everything looks fine, and I think they just make their openings. It's literally just the opening moves, and then Magnus gets visibly upset and turns off his camera. Oh, it's, I don't know why we're all so fascinated by this. Like why? Okay. Let me ask you that. Like, I want to know everything there is to know about this chess controversy. I don't know why. Why do you think we care so much about this? Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, we want to see 
an underdog beat this kind of long-standing champion and but we're also fascinated with you know how could he have cheated because I feel like it's hard to cheat in real life chess you know if he did cheat how did he do it and how did he get away with it and then I think also the idea that there's kind of this dramatic element to it like he he didn't take the loss you know maturely he said I'm quitting and you cheated and like he's kind of lashing out on social media where everybody is able to kind of follow this. Um, and then the fact that other chess masters were kind of weighing in as well. Um, I know, I think this Japanese chess master was saying, Oh, Hans definitely cheated. So just kind of like people taking sides and like this being, it's like almost like a reality TV show of like this fight. It's the, the reality TV showification of chess. That's a exactly. good point. Yeah. Um, it's injecting all of this drama into something that's normally so stiff and boring. Yeah. I think people have been getting into chess though with like the queen's gambit that was super popular. It seems like this is a game that unites everybody. Have you ever, do you know how to play? Have you ever played? Yeah, I played, but not recently. I haven't played chess. Are you any good at it? I'm terrible. I think I'm terrible. I would need to cheat. (laughs) (laughs) It's the, I think when I learned that, it's so much about like the memorization of these large move sets yeah. and kind of like knowing which one of those strategies to use in any given moment. That's when my brain was like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and yeah. I just shut down and stopped, stopped kind of caring about it. Cause I like, when I play games, I want to do it in a much more intuitive way. Yeah, and, exactly. And chess is just not about that. Yeah. All right, Chloe, thank you so much for coming on to cyber and walking us through ISIS executions Uh, dildo delivery and chess controversy yeah thank you so much for having me all right that is all for this week on cyber everybody thank you so much for tuning in if you're listening to the podcast well you're all listening to the podcast aren't you this one wasn't live but we are going live on twitch we are recording live at twitch.tv forward slash motherboard tv and we are simulcasting now at youtube.com forward slash motherboard you can follow us either one of those places and you will get notified when we go live we will see you next week for another story about uh the horrors that are born on the internet and the terrible future that we're all barreling towards every day thank you so much 